0: All right, it's always great to have him switch the schedule around a little bit. We appreciate that. David Purcell, the Provost of Cain University. Uh, and uh, nice enough to give us a couple of minutes as we kind of decipher this border bill on the table right now. We say a very good morning to you, sir. We appreciate uh, the adjustment and everything else in play. Uh, thank you for a couple of minutes, my friend. Good morning, Jay. Great to be here. Indeed. Let's break it down a little bit, because maybe you can talk me off the ledge here, David. You got about $118 billion worth of a spending deal. I am not in favor of combos. Uh, I don't like, uh, you know, things being coupled together in order to get something through. Uh, talking about the deal here that includes funding for Ukraine, Israel, uh, and, of course, the uh, southern border. Uh, you got about $60 billion for Ukraine. I think fourteen. Was it, yeah, fourteen billion for Israel, uh, and about twenty billion or so, give or take, to control the illegal uh, immigration at the southern border. Uh, are you for bundling here, or are you a standalone guy like me? Give me a sense.
1: Well, that's a really good question. It has been a long time uh, since, with the exception of the least controversial bills going through the Congress, we've been able to have clean bills on spending, on other aspects of policy, you name it. And so what people are doing is taking something that looks like a big, bright cherry for one group um, and then bundling it with what looks like a big, bright cherry for the other uh, and then making it a do or die, you accept both or you accept neither. It's not a good way to govern. There's no question about that. It's hard to figure out a different way around the politics at present, although clearly, as the very chilly reception for this bill indicates, uh, this is no silver bullet either.
0: Yeah, no question about it. All right, let's get into the crux of it. Um, at the very heart of the deal, David, you kind of have this uh, this three-year authority, so be it. You know, it's a, in a lot of ways, I guess you can maybe correlate it to Title 42, you know, the COVID stuff, which allows officials to shut down uh, the border uh, based on, you know, health and everything else, concerns. But here is my biggest problem with it. You've got a rolling seven-day average of 5,000 a day, encounters we're talking about, uh, or 8,500 in a single day. At that point, tell me if I'm wrong here, at that point, DHS then gets the mandate to expel without processing them, with the exception of unaccompanied children. So the authority can only end when the encounters drop at, Uh, what is it, 25% for seven days, the average folks, And DHS has then 14 days uh, to end. It's a little complicated here, but again, the 5,000 slash 8,500 and the mandate regarding DHS. Give me a sense of that, my friend.
1: A couple of things. First of all, the 8,500 figure is actually an automatic trigger. Uh, That then does not become a matter of presidential discretion. That is an automatic action when the numbers climb up above that uh, level on a given day. Um, And it's otherwise at the 5,000 level. The president also has in this bill the option to act at the 4,000 level. So there's considerable leeway for presidential discretion uh, moving down in terms of the numbers of encounters in each one of those days and I think it's important to observe that those encounters do not mean that people get into the country it means that they would be processed with the uh, tightening of the asylum rules also uh, in this bill it's nearly certain that many more people uh, would be returned across to the other side of the border uh, than is presently the case. But it is complicated and anything that is complicated makes it very difficult to sell and it makes it easier to demagogue. And there are, quite frankly, a number of people. And I'm, you know, don't take my word for it; take Republican lead negotiator James Langford's word for it. Uh, that you know the argument that this is allowing seven, uh, whatever the number is, whether it's four or five or eighty-five hundred uh, uh, undocumented people across the border is just not true with regard to the way that this bill is written.
0: Now DHS can also. Uh, implement the authority at its discretion when the average number of encounters exceeds 4,000 a day. My biggest problem is if we look at the numbers that we have seen the encounters I'm talking about between October, November, December, It's just off the charts, uh, 300,000, 500,000, 700,000, listen, you go on and on and on here by the, by the end of 23, uh, more people are coming in than you can Im- imagine here. And to even put a number on it, four, 5,000 a day, David, you know, times three, I mean, we do the math here, that's 150,000 a month. That's 1.8 million more people to be allowed in this country when we have an overflow beyond, my goodness, I mean, when is enough enough? I mean, you're asking one side of the uh, House uh, or one side of our uh, decision-makers— to go along with the fact that, hey, we don't have a real big problem here, but at least we'll curb the number when we are completely overridden here. I mean, we have expedited work permits. Now we have gift cards on the table. We have free health care on the table. We got free attorneys on the table. Uh, You know, I mean, what is next? I mean, it is is insane, cell phones and tablets. And, And meanwhile, the people in this country are saying, hey, what's going on here? What about us? I mean, our government can't even take care of us properly, yet uh, we are now coalescing in the fact of letting more people into this country under a new bill. I think people have a problem with that.
1: I think many people do, and I want to talk about what the ideal number might be in just a moment. But first, let me get to this 1.8 million, which is, uh, that, that's, that's the number I came to, 1.82. Uh, if, it, if we go for the 5,000 a day, uh, number and walk that out across 365 days of the year, uh, but that represents about 60% of the current number. Uh, so it, it is a sharp reduction, uh, in the number of people coming. Uh, there will undoubtedly be, uh, those who believe that's too many, but I think the first acknowledgement is that it's, it, the, the, the arrow points down. Um, the second major question is how, what is the right number of people coming into the United States? If we, we could be, you know, we might look at job markets and try to see where there is underemployment in areas that are traditionally strong employers of migrant labor. Um, Right now, we have job shortages in all of those areas. We have the lowest sustained levels of unemployment that we have seen since the 1960s at this stage. So there's no evidence on the table right now that migrants are taking away jobs from Americans. And something that we've talked about uh, many times over the years, uh, we do have in this uh, nation a problem in the other direction, which is a demographic crisis. We're below replacement rate uh, in native-born fertility. Uh, we're down at about 1.8 right now. That does real well in terms of developed economies, but it needs to be just above 2.1. That is children per household, or per, per couple. Uh, in order to uh, sustain your population and and, and above that level uh, to actually grow your population. And we need to grow the population in order to sustain our economic growth, best in the world right now among developed economies. And I think immigrants are a very, very important part of that calculation. We clearly want to make sure that we are letting people in 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 the numbers and in a manner consistent with law and consistent with economic rationale but right now, most of the economic arguments uh, are actually strongly in favor of allowing that 1.8 million people uh, into the country. It would be a, uh, just a, a very small rate of increase in the overall population of the United States, should that continue otherwise going down if we close that off completely.
0: You know, I mean, look, we're talking with David Bird, so it was nice enough to do a little schedule switch with us. and We're happy to have him because it's the most important issue right now. Um, you know, you're looking at some of these numbers here, and it really makes sense because we don't talk a lot about over or Mexico and everything else, what they're going for. Oh, not forget, a lot of these individuals uh, are in Mexico only to come in through, you know, the southern border. And you look at the Absolutely. breakdown and everything else. Uh, I didn't realize this. Chinese nationals leading the way, 26,000. 26, uh, plus Chinese nationals, uh, David, followed by those of Russian descent. You know, a lot of people are thinking here, you know, Ecuador, South America, whatnot, uh, Colombia, you know, not the case. And that is a scary aspect in itself because, you know, again, you ask yourself honestly, are all of these people wanting to come into America, are they all in for the right reason? I mean, are all of them in for the right reason? Rather than create nefarious acts uh, upon uh, U.S. citizens, you know, and and I've got a little bit of an issue with that. I got a big issue in the fact that hey, we all want to keep our families safe uh, out of harm's way and everything else. It, to you know, you got to be on your toes and everything else. Uh, I got a little bit of a problem with that, but a lot of people don't think about it from a Mexico viewpoint here how detrimental it is.
1: Well, Mexico is experiencing a great many problems. There are the narcotics cartels that have effectively taken over governance, particularly in the western portions of the country, uh, and the southern portions of the country down by the, by their southern border. Uh, you do have hundreds of thousands of people, uh, moving through the country with no intention of staying, but who have to be cared for very much in the same way that we face, uh, migration crises. Uh, it's manifesting, uh, to to double that load proportional to population in mexico um and that is an ongoing crisis for uh uh for the president um and an ongoing crisis for the people particularly in the border uh states of Me- in, in northern mexico um, you also have rampant illegality because the coyotes and others who are involved in the process of human smuggling, typically they stay on the south side of the Rio Grande. Um, and so that, that criminal element uh, is rampant in Mexico uh, but doesn't necessarily come across the border to the United States where they have greater probability of apprehension. Uh, you know, with regard to people from other parts of the world coming through here, I, I think it's important to remember that still it's still the case that the, the overwhelming majority of the people coming through are in fact from this hemisphere. Uh, if you take that twenty-seven thousand figure for Chinese nationals, uh, that's about three days uh, worth of current border crossings. Um, and so, you know, we're talking about uh, roughly point zero point six percent of of the people who are crossing the border at this stage. But you're absolutely right. We need to be able to make sure that we can assess everybody's reasons for coming across that border. Uh, that we can turn people back when we have reason to believe that they are not here on uh, for legitimate reasons um, and are not able to claim asylum under the under those laws uh, or other forms of legitimate entry under other aspects of the of the immigration code uh, and getting those numbers down is key you know something we haven't talked about yet James very very important in my view yeah um, I don't think anybody would agree would disagree at this stage that one of the major problems at the border is that every aspect Excuse me. Every aspect of this business is understaffed. Uh, There are too few border agents. There are too few uh, asylum judges. uh, There just isn't enough person power uh, to get people processed and either settled or returned. And one of the things that this bill would do is, and and, and I, I wish that this were something that everybody could simply agree on, we just need more in every one of those categories. And one of the things this bill does to make things a little bit easier is to take some of the decisions out of the hands of courts and put them into the apparatus of DHS itself so that they can make asylum decisions uh, rather than referring it to a judge. I mean, even if we were to pour a lot more money down there, there just aren't enough judges at this stage uh, who are trained in this area of the law to make that happen. Uh, it would be easier to do it as a staff process, and that is one of the things of this bill, which, by the way, clearly is not in any uh, current political reality going to pass, but uh, that provision of the bill would certainly speed the process of evaluating these cases and responding to them.
0: Listen, that's an excellent point on your end. I, I guess the biggest issue, David, I have with the influx that we've seen already, uh, it just does not force the commander-in-chief to close this thing uh, to these seekers unless unless they're crossing by more than 5,000 a day and only allows him uh, to invoke you know, this new authority at, what, 4,000 a day. i got a problem with it because, again— if you fast-forward the numbers and everything else, David says 1.82 million. We already are inundated here. we got massive problems. We have not vetted who we need to vet. We have seen chaos. Uh, just looked to Times Square last weekend with those two cops uh, and everything else being attacked uh, by illegals. One had a rap sheet. Some are in California now. Good luck to Alvin Bragg trying to corral everybody, like he said. But I just have a problem with that number. Uh... With the fact, I mean, if we didn't have the issue, you know, I I would discuss it. Right now, we got a massive issue. That's my biggest problem, I guess, in this whole thing. So, you know what? Uh, We'll see what happens. But as usual, David, you know what goes on in Washington behind closed doors. Nothing ever gets done properly.
1: It's unfortunate, and this is a now almost four decade long record of failure on the part of successive presidents and legislatures, uh, and more the legislature than the presidents, quite frankly. We've had efforts uh, we really haven't done anything significant since the Reagan administration, um, and we must remember that it is uh, uh, fully twenty years since that uh, since Ronald Reagan passed away, and we are. Uh, nearing 40 years uh, we're 36 now since the end of his uh, second term uh, and that's when we had our last agreement uh, presidents Clinton uh, George HW Bush uh, George W Bush uh, Obama uh, tried to push forward uh, solutions and the Congress has perpetually failed to act and what we desperately need is mature judgment decisions about what we want migration to do Uh, i've made the argument uh about the economy and about the population overall um and that's important uh so uh but but so is security and so is making sure that uh all of america both benefits and bears the burden of major policy decisions like this uh as equally as we can make it happen uh and those conversations are not taking place Uh, We are not taking a a deliberate approach to this process, uh, and the country is paying the price and will continue to do so until we get that mature
0: leadership in the legislature. That's the key to it all without question. Also, communication, we can't thank Mr. Birdsell, Dr. Birdsell. uh, So much here for switching around his uh, schedule. Uh, We hope everything is okay at all, my friend. Uh, David Birdsell, Provost of University. Until next time, you stay well.
1: Thanks for having me, Jay.